0: Okay, so that is the end of the France-Denmark game, the Peru-Australia game. We watched the one uh, that we thought might be more important, which was the France-Denmark game. And what a stinker that was. A real stinker. Um, Peru, of course, in the other game managed to beat Australia 2-0. Finally, they got... Got their win, goals from uh, Guerrero and Carrillo. Carrillo, in particular, had a fantastic tournament, so it's nice to see, well, not see because we didn't see, but nice to hear that he
2: scored. <laughs> nice to infer from the score sheet. Yeah, nice to that infer. He did well.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, France, Denmark, as I said, oh, real stinker. First nil nil of the tournament. Um, so it leaves me sort of struggling, really, to ask anything other than. How are France going to do? I mean, they're going through first... We were saying earlier, and we'll be able to have this conversation properly uh, later on, we ran it a little bit close, having the who-might-play-who conversation before the second round of games yesterday, even though we were right. Uh, So we'll chat about this properly later. But they could be facing Argentina in the next round, should Argentina get a result against Nigeria, or they could be facing Nigeria. Um, And at the minute, three games... No points, uh, no losses, sorry. Two points dropped in today's game, two wins earlier on. They've got the results they needed to go through the group first, as they would be expected to do so, but they've looked pretty bad in every game. Um, enough to annoy Philippe, who's not here right now, luckily. Uh, but what do you make of them? Because, in a way, they're doing a bit of a, of a portugal Uruguay thing, aren't they? They're, they're winning games and uh,
2: getting results out of games that maybe they shouldn't be. I don't think they're doing a Portugal and Uruguay in that I think I think Portugal and Uruguay have a plan that involves that being a bit like that yeah. but I think France the huge frustration is that stuff just isn't coming together
0: so we say then in that case that
2: they're doing a classic man united winning games playing poorly um uh, yeah possibly um I mean, they, they made a lot of changes today. So Dambele came back in. Lamar got a start, and Zonzi got a start. Sedebi played instead of Pavard, um and Pembe, If that's, I, I'm not sure if I have pronounced it correctly, but he came in uh, at centre back from Titi. Steve Mandanda scored, started in goal as well. Yeah, that's he did, lovely. He did not stuff. score, but he, started he did in not goal. score. I was no. so excited. Um, that is apparently because he missed the last one because he was injured or ill or something, and so Deschamps was being nice right. rather than it actually being necessary to give him game time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, France. But that sort of says everything you need to know about this game going into <laughs> yeah, it. A little really. bit, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, Mandondo's a good goalkeeper. No, he, sure, he but he an didn't, opportunity he show to in nice. Palace. But, mm-hmm. um, Denmark defended very well. Um, they strung five across midfield, played four at the back um looked occasionally to counter through Ericsson carrying uh, or banging it forward to Cornelius, but mm. it yeah, it was a game played at three quarters pace. It wasn't really until um Fakir and Mbappe came on towards the end for France that France seemed to attack with a bit more purpose. I just wonder and and we you know, we talked about this in terms of um in terms of other teams, in terms of England-Belgium and resting players, and uh, alluded to it in the video that we've just released on that subject as well. This is the sort of performance that by making wholesale changes in a game that it's not hugely important whether you win or lose, Mm. you can disrupt the momentum of a side massively. Mm. So Deschamps given game time to players who... By and large, won't be starting. In so the the ones that he's brought in,
0: yeah,
2: um, like Nzonzi like Lamar, they've kind of stuttered to a performance that ended in jeering from their own fans. The tournament's first nil nil. The tournament's first nil nil. Frustration from uh, that says pubs in London. That's not a good look. No, and and I you know I don't think I know Philippe, and I can say this in his absence is not a fan of Deschamps. No. This is the sort of decision where you think, you know, if if he'd... France were going to go through irrespective of what happened.
0: As were Denmark.
2: As were Denmark. Well... Unless Australia could win. So, as were Denmark. Um, Yeah. So... That's mean, isn't it? Why not tear into them? Yeah. Why not go absolutely hell for leather? You're probably not going to get an injury or two. Is Is
0: there not an argument to say, though? And we mentioned this with regards to that England conversation that you're referencing there. Is there not an argument to say... That these players who have been, some of whom have been on the bench, you are Steve Mandanders, Why doesn't he come on score a hat trick? Not Steve. Not Steve. Not big but, Steve. No. Not big Steve. But Thomas Lamar, for example, he's been on the bench. Dembele was rested in the last game, I believe, as well. Is there not an argument to say that these sorts of players should come in and look at this uh, as the pressure off situation? Their chance to show why they should be starting the next game. Their chance to show where France have been going wrong in the last two. Because these are these are you know players. In a World Cup squad for a country oh, yeah. uh, with a, with a history as um, and as some prestigious as France. France, you know, and so sure, I get what you're saying about okay, rip into Denmark. You don't. I I would argue that you don't need the first team to try and do that, and that maybe psychologically there's a good argument to say put the put the some members of the bench on and let them do that,
2: <laughs> which they didn't. No, I I think. I think if you've got a strong first team in your mind, which I think by and large Deschamps does, I think Deschamps is still probably undecided about the best disposition of his front three at this point. Well, Giroud started again today, which is
0: perhaps some inclination that he's going to be doing that in the next game. Yeah, I think the systematically they would have
2: wanted to keep it continuity stable. with yeah. Griezmann playing off him, which suggests more of a four-two-three-one mm. than a four-three-three, which is the the other French option. Mm. Um No Pogba today, of course as well. No Pogba. Um I suppose I mean somebody did say maybe Snidely maybe um We're just looking at Carrillo's girl now and I've seen that already. Corb well, I had I had missed that oh, one. Okay. That was lovely. It was good. Oh hey. look at the Crying Peruvian. There's a crying that's Peruvian. Great stuff. Um That sounds like an exotic plant, doesn't it? A crying <laughs> Peruvian. Um actually I haven't seen the Guero girl. That's just that's Oh uh, nice. Um this is a good podcast, isn't it? I, I, think, I think the issue that you've got is that it can work with some teams. Mm. But I think Deschamps is a manager who's failed to convince a lot of French fans, probably the majority of French fans, mm. he's failed to convince a number of the players. He doesn't yet seem to have his balance right. I would have looked at this game, where I the coach of France, um, as an opportunity to continue trying to build on the interplay that hasn't quite clicked yet. Mm. I would not see it as an opportunity to arrest that progress, chuck in players who may well not start, and in some instances also kind of pose yourself questions. I mean, okay, for example, Pavard versus Sadebi at right back. We know what the differences between those two players are. Pavard is more defensively solid, Sadebi gets forward a lot more. So... Are you saying by selecting Sadebi we need to attack Denmark more? Are you saying, okay, well, let's give him some time to see what happens? Are you saying we're giving him a run out to keep him fit? Yeah. You know, it's quite a different selection picking him over Pavard. Yeah. So I'd like to know what the rationale for that is.
0: I'd like to know, too. I'd
2: I'd (laughs) like to sit down with Didier and say, why have you done this, mate?
0: Yeah.
2: It just didn't make a lot of sense, and they seemed, again, disjointed. Yeah. Um... And I think, I think they could rue this going through the next round. You think rue? I think it, depe- me, it depends. It depends who they come up against. Yeah. But I well, it looks like they're going to come up
0: against uh, one of, well, like very quite likely Argentina. So you think you, you think, think Argentina will beat Nigeria?
2: I think they might.
0: I think they might. We'll talk about we'll talk about that in a second because uh, we've Felipe's text through his predictions for the next set of games. He's oh, not going okay. to be here until later. Um,
2: should we just mention how we did in the last set predictions voice?
0: well no because first there's one other thing we need to talk about I think it's fairly certain so Croatia are going through first we now know uh, that Denmark are going through second so that's a fixture that we could talk about now we
2: could talk about that um, and it
0: will be an interesting one uh, because there are two teams that I think are similar in my head but aren't in real life
2: Croatia will Croatia will probably stroll this. Do you think stroll really? Yeah. Well, Denmark it very well today. They did, yes. Um, but I don't think they've got much more than that. Okay. To be honest, they've got but, Christian Eriksen. Yeah, they've got Christian Eriksen. But uh, okay, if there's one area we've we've looked at Croatia's midfield for uh, the next video that we're doing, so I don't want to talk too much about it mm. at this point, mm. giving away what's in the video. Oh, but, don't give it away, well, Alex. Let's just say that. Croatia need balance in their midfield. Yeah. And yes, there is a possibility that if that balance is not achieved through selection or something, Eriksson could possibly pull the strings in that game. I think it's unlikely because Ericsson's such an obviously good and key player yeah. that Croatia are probably gonna notice that. So we're talking
0: a Croatia quarter final Spain, Uruguay, Portugal,
2: Russia. Um,
0: well, it's it exciting, isn't sort it? Of
2: depends on how you see all that going, doesn't it? Actually, but I
0: don't think that's how it works either. I don't think it is. Great. Just ignore what I just said no, because I, think I don't. It I don't think it is. It's a weird, lopsided system. Okay. I'm not sure well, that, that I mean, actually we can, does that. I mean, phew. we can look at a chart another day. Yeah, um, we're not here for charts. We're not here for charts. We're here for insight. We're also here for predictions because it's the most fun thing that we do. Um, not I don't for, agree just with that. just for ourselves. Uh, We made some predictions last night about the two games coming up. I believe we've organised... We needn't take the listeners through it, because it's dull for them. Uh, But we believe Philippe predicted the correct result in the Peru-Australia game, 2-0 Peru. So he's bang on the money for that. Um, And no one was sufficient uh, to claim the point for the France game. So as it currently stands, I'm on 2. Alex is on 1. Philippe's on 1. And that's how it should remain. Uh, We're going to do our predictions now for the two games coming up later Argentina Nigeria Iceland Croatia and I text Philippe and I text Philippe in advance of this podcast to get his predictions he's going to be around a bit later but he was um, working from home this morning uh so his predictions were cool he said cool I said hey man send me your predictions for tonight's game he said cool full stop I'm going for an annoying 1-0 Argentina including a big VAR incident
2: yeah that's very specific. It is quite
0: specific. Do you think he gets a bonus point if there is a big VAR incident? What I was actually about to say was, do you think that if they win 1-0 but there's no VAR incident, does he get the point? Because uh, <laughs> he has been very specific. Yeah he, yeah, he has. To be fair, I was specific in that Egypt game. I said they'd score one goal and Mo Salah would score it and I didn't get any points. So, no. There's no bonus points. There's for no bonus, bonus points. It's just results here, Yeah, Correct. Okay. And then he said 1-1. Iceland Nigeria but that game's not happening. I assume he meant Iceland Croatia. I suspect. So he does. he's saying 1-0 to Argentina over Nigeria. Yeah. And 1-1 one, one Iceland Croatia. Uh
2: so I'll let you go first Alex. Okay. Uh, I am going to go 2-1 um, to Croatia. Mhm. And I'm going to go 2-1 to Nigeria. Okay.
0: Okay. I like it. Yeah.
2: Are you ready for mine?
0: I'm keeping it cool today. Okay. okay, keeping it sensible. I'm keeping it sensible and cool. I'm going one nil Iceland. Okay, yeah. Yeah? That's not stupid. And I'm going 2-2 Argentina-Nigeria. 2-2 Argentina-Nigeria is actually what's in the spreadsheet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be that, mate. It's going to be that. Okay. And also, I've got a nice little draw there, too, so yeah. I'm covering my draws. Hedging your bets. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll come back after that game's done, or those two games are done. And, and we'll, we'll have we'll have a Philippe in town. Yeah, I think Philippe will be here for okay. that. Uh, so we'll chat about those later. Okay, so Argentina are going through second, uh, second to Croatia, who managed to beat uh, Iceland to one in the other, arguably less important game of Group D. Uh, I mostly watched the Argent uh, the Iceland Croatia game uh, until the last sort of twenty minutes. Uh, you guys were watching the. Nigeria-Argentina game. Let's start with that one because it's probably the more impactful on the group. Um, For much of the game, it looked like Nigeria were arguably the better team and also, uh, when they scored to draw it back to 1-1, Nigeria were set to go through second until the Marcus Rojo goal, We must say a lovely little volley, um, sends Argentina through plus a little bit of... uh, Shithouse time wasting at the end there, <laughs> and the Argentina bench sort of running off one of the other one of my favorite moments of the game, as we remarked uh, as it happened, was uh, Marcus Rojo's goal seeing Sam Pauli running off in one direction, celebrating the Argentina bench running off in another direction, celebrating Sam Paulo stood alone uh, says a lot doesn't it but um I gather that you're both disappointed with that, Phil
1: yeah, very much so um. It's, it's, it's disappointing in the respect that I, th- I think it's also very doable for Nigeria from a certain perspective. Near the end, they looked, as I'm sure Alex will say as well, were quite panicky. They yeah. weren't keeping the ball when it, it needed basically calming down. A lot lashing. Like, yeah, basically. And then just sending it <clears throat> back for another Argentine attack. And with that in mind, it was only really a matter of time until it happened. And that's, that's the sense we got, I think, from it when it could have been... A little bit more organised and just a little bit more level headed, I think.
0: Yeah. Alex, is it not fair to say then, based on Philippe's assessment there, that if it was just a matter of time before Argentina
2: scored, that they deserved the victory? Um, no, because I I agree with Philippe. I, I mean, I think the reason that they were trying to do that was because Musa was so effective on the counter attack. Yeah. Uh, and but for a good save from Armani, or a couple of good saves from Armani, would have would have scored, probably. Um, so my my suspicion is that they were seeking to release him on the counter as quickly as possible. <clears throat> Sorry, there were certainly a good couple of uh, occasions where a defender took the ball down in space and could have carried it probably a good 10 or 15 yards without pressure um, before releasing a ball. Yes, OK, that gives the Argentina defence time to readjust a bit, but... Mm. Um, it also eats up valuable time and it kind of settles people having said that I think on on the balance of the game Nigeria were consistently the better side and the sort of final fraught maybe 10 minutes maybe even slightly less at which point I said Ugh, Nigeria, Argentina are going to score here mm. that that was not symptomatic of the way that they ran the game otherwise which mm. I think is why it's such a disappointing result mm. Um Atabo was extraordinary in central midfield. Um, Argentina had their problems again. They still don't look like a coherent side. Yes, okay, it was a good goal from Messi. I don't think it was as great as everyone's saying, but it was a long ball from Benega, which Messi controlled very well and then scored. Uh, I think the goalkeeper's starting position was a bit half and half. Mm. Um, They didn't really create many opportunities apart from a couple of other Benega long balls. Otherwise they still look disjointed, Mascherano needs to be dropped. Mm. Um and apart from I mean the Messi's finish was excellent, but otherwise the only player who had any composure in front of goal was Marcus Bloody Rocco, mm-hmm. Um which yeah. which is when it mattered, fair. To him,
0: um, well, three games for Argentina, three different systems, three different lineups. They started
2: with what looked like a four-four-two today. Is that how they did shape up in the end? It was a it was a four-four-two with Di Maria pushing much higher on the left hand side than Perez was. So messy balancing, messy balancing by drifting out to the right hand side. So it was sort of a four-four-two defensive shape, four-three-three in attack. Which, mm-hmm. which to be fair, is the sensible system for them to take if you want to maximise the fact that you've got at least two really, really good strikers and Messi playing in his favoured position. Um, I think their weaknesses are in terms of how that system then plays out structurally. Mm-hmm. Um, Mascherano just not being up to par at the moment. I, I found it bizarre that he was not ordered off the pitch. Mm. Um, because he had a gaping face wound for a good portion of the second half of that game. And actually
0: Bjarnason in the Iceland game uh, was repeatedly ordered off because it looked like he broke his nose, mm. uh, well, at least if not then very close, and he went off to have it cleaned up, a towel covered in blood, and got sent off once or twice more as the
2: blood came back. So it's sort of, yeah, it's a bit of discrepancies there from the refereeing.
0: Yeah, and, you know,
2: Mascherano, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe... Maybe Mascherano's absence would have made Argentina a little stronger because he had such a poor game. But it it does seem like an inconsistent application of the mm. rules. I, I just I feel really sad for Nigeria because I think Argentina the the time wasting aside. I mean everybody does that at the end of games, but they they had one very very good individual goal and then towards the end Nigeria kind of flaked but they were the better side throughout Nigeria. Okay. Well, also, the thing that irritates me,
0: and I touched on it at the beginning, this does irritate me in football, and, it, and it's, a, it's an opinion thing, uh, but I realise that time-wasting at the end of the game when you've got the <coughs> result that you want is uh, something that happens, and of course, you know, if it's your team that's doing it, you're sort of in favour of it, and at times, it's even funny. Um, but when it's this, the team who are perceived to be the bigger team or with the greater talents... Or it's a player like Lionel Messi, for example. I mean, I think they played less than half of that added four minutes. And then to have the Argentina bench trying to steal the ball, trying to throw other balls onto the pitch to you know slow the game down, screaming at the referee before the four minutes was even up to blow the whistle, I find that really irritating. So, you know, It really grates on me, that sort of thing. Um, as we said, Argentina, it wasn't really until the last ten minutes that they looked like scoring. Um, part of that will be because... For parts of the game, Nigeria had to come out and play, particularly when they were one-nil down. They had to come out and press against France, who Argentina will be facing in the next round. Presumably, France won't feel the need to, won't feel the same sort of urgency that Nigeria did at times during this game. So there'll be a different proposition to break down those Ava Benega long passes, some of which were lovely, by the way. the The, the situation for for those to arise won't be so frequent against a team like France,
2: will it? No, Um, and France have got um, the ability, I think, to cope with those longer-angled balls, partly because they've got a back four, so they're not having to rely on wing-backs dropping in to cover into those spaces, or centre-backs pulling wide, which does leave the hole exactly the sort of space that Messi likes to go into. Mm. Um, Yeah, Benega was, was Argentina's bright spot, I think, and Armani did well in goal, having come in. Um, uh, my my head tells me that France will be too strong a proposition for Argentina, but the way that Argentina have have ridden their luck through this game mm. and somehow done it, Is your penis telling you something different. <laughs> Is my penis telling me something
0: different? You said your head was telling you that France would be too
2: strong a proposition. I was just wondering what other part of your body would be telling you something else. Oh, because I don't have a heart or a soul. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, my penis isn't talking about Argentina at the moment. Right. Um, Yeah, look, France... France are going to pose more going forwards than Nigeria did. Mm. Um, They've got the same sort of of, um, speed up front, but I think they've probably got greater composure in front of goal. Mm. Uh, Giroud should test um, the centre-backs if he starts. Griezmann's Mm -hmm. late runs will wreak havoc with Mascherano if he's persisted with. Um, And I think there's probably a greater degree of composure. You kind of look at the fact that Nigeria's goalkeeper is, I think, 19, 20 years old. Mm. And that's probably... I know Philippe is no cheerleader of Hugo Lloris, but Mm. possibly... In those kind of final minutes of the game, what you really want is a goalkeeper who is shouting instructions, really making themselves... He did also get a knee to the head. He did get a knee to the head, and there should have been a concussion protocol there, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of feel at the end, when when defenders are snatching at clearances, when they could bring it down and carry it... Mm -hmm. The defender is going to be feeling this sense of, you know, oh god, the ball's coming to me. I don't know who's around me. I don't know what's happening. Smash it, smash it, smash it. Your goalkeeper is the one, and I say this having played as a goalkeeper, who should be the one screaming at you. Mm. You have time. You have space. Carry it. Yeah. And I'm just not sure whether there was that communication. I don't think yeah. France will suffer from those problems. No.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's have a quick chat about the other game. Um, in in so much as, <coughs> as what we saw of it. Uh, I suppose a, a, an expected result in the end, although Croatia certainly didn't need to go out to win the game. They made a lot of changes before the game started. They rested Rakitic, for example. Um, Kramerich played in the middle. Mandzukic was rested as well. Um, Iceland, from what I saw, looked... And this is partly because of the urgency. Obviously, they needed a win. Uh, I wouldn't be sure what the... Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be sure what these statistics would say about chances, but certainly for the first half and parts of the second, Iceland looked like uh, the better team. But Croatia's quality told through, I suppose, and it was a lovely goal from Perisic towards the end. Gylfi Sigurdsson scored a penalty for Iceland. Um, But Croatia will be going through, we we mentioned this briefly earlier, they will be playing Denmark, nine points for them, and going going through
2: the game first. I've just checked, mm. and while Croatia had 59% possession, mm. they were out attempted 17 mm. 13 by yeah. Iceland. Yeah. Iceland had six shots on target to Croatia's
0: two. Well, one of the things we said uh, uh, later on in the first half of the Iceland game was that uh, I'd never seen Iceland's fullbacks play quite so high. I mean, um, Magnusson, the, the almost white blonde haired left back, um, was involved in the vast majority of the the first half chances, uh, so they re- they were really going for it. As obviously they had to. It's a bit of a shame to see them go. Out. I quite like Iceland really, but um, as I said, Croatia's uh, quality told through in the end.
1: I think that'd be dead certs for quarterfinals as well, actually. Well, you th- yeah. yeah I mean, Denmark, we spoke to, yeah. to Alex about it earlier,
0: but what 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 are your impressions of a Croatia Denmark game? For
1: I think that I would be astonished if Denmark uh, win that game. Yeah. Very exciting.
2: Croatia is an example that I would uh, and we, we talked about this in the Senegal video ironically they had a friendly against Croatia before the World Cup and their pressing game did not work against Croatia mm. and they made clever adjustments uh, and sorted their problem out Croatia's first half against Nigeria um The video will explain this more, but they had problems Mm. and they adjusted those problems after 60 minutes in that game and they have not suffered from those problems again. No. So I think. Although
0: amusingly, they seem to play with the same formation today that they did in those first 60 minutes in the
2: first game, although very different opposition.
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's it's
2: not about the formation, it's about the personnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the, the long and the short of it is you can't play Modric and Rakitic as a double pivot on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Croatia, while the coach has sort of come in for some criticism, he's a bit inexperienced. Um, he's made that tweak and Croatia are one of the sides that appear to be getting stronger mm-hmm. throughout the course of this competition mm-hmm. rather than staying the same or, or even regressing.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, well, two-hour predictions then to settle yeah. uh, the day. Philippe, would you remind me what the predictions were for these two games?
1: Um, so you went for 2-2, Argentina and Nigeria. So close I was. Yeah.
0: And 1-0 Iceland. And 1-0 Iceland. So no points for me, Nil point. Uh, 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 Alex went for... That's all four. today, in fact.
1: Well, mm. two yesterday,
0: though. So. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, Alex went for... 2-1 Nigeria and 2-1 to Croatia. So a point to Alex for the yeah. Croatia
0: game, that puts him on 2 alongside me.
1: And I went for 1-0 Argentina uh-huh. and 1-1 with Iceland and Croatia. So, so uh, we
0: think the Argentina point goes to Phil, is that fair, Alex?
1: What did he say?
0: He said 1-0 Argentina.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I've won the day. So we're all on 2 points. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and you managed to get both of your points today. I did, yeah. Very impressive. Uh,
1: Good to get
0: off the mark. Alex straddling two days, Philippe and I smashing it a day (laughs) each. Yeah, winning the day is the most important thing, isn't it? So, who's consistent and who's just getting lucky? Well, who knows? Okay, so tomorrow's early games. We have Mexico-Sweden and South Korea-Germany. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Philippe, I'm going to come to you first uh, for your predictions. Can we just do one game? Can we start... With South Korea, Germany, because I feel like we might all predict the same way for this one.
1: Uh, South Korea, Germany, we to for a 3-0 Germany. 3-0 Germany?
0: Yeah. Alex? Great audio, this is great. <laughs> great podcast audio, as he thinks. 2-0 Germany. 2-0 Germany? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. You ready for me? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty decent idea. I'm going for 0-0. Yeah. Might do like that. What? Oh, no. no, no, yeah. Why not? Uh of course the other game is Mexico Sweden. Alex for you first.
2: Mexico Sweden um 2-1 Mexico. Philippe?
1: I'm going to
2: go for 1-1. One, one. Oh, that was what I was going to go for.
1: Tough shit.
0: Well in the, <laughs> Well in that case, remind me how it stands with these. Sweden can't go through, can they? Yeah. Yes they can. Yes yeah, they yeah, can. can
1: yeah.
0: In that case I'm going to go for 2-1 Sweden. Covering the bases there. Someone's
1: got to get a point there.
0: Someone's going to get points You're in, in these that games. All
1: down. Yeah, all good.
2: Awesome.
0: Yeah. All right, brilliant. Well, listen, we'll be back tomorrow for day 14 upstairs at the Old Red Lion Theatre in London. Hey, come on down. If you like football, if you like pubs, if you like uh, drinks, if you like uh, theatre, if you like pies, if you like friendly bar staff, and if you like Tifo, yeah, head on down to the Old Red Lion Theatre. Um, yeah. See you later.